0: Uh, I'm hard to shop for, so everyone kind of just said, Clothes for you, you dumb bitch!
1: Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. The Survivor podcast that says, You know what, Jared? I missed you. Or maybe I'm just drunk. <laughs>
0: I was waiting for it.
1: <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host,
0: Jared Sheldon. Jared, how's it going? Well, this episode will be coming out on New Year's Day, so I probably will still be drunk. You are currently drunk. Yes, well, when, you, when this episode airs, I likely will be drunk. I'm not yeah. drunk right now. I yeah. literally just got done driving back from the holidays. The malort is still kicking. Oh, I can't force you to do malort this year. Yeah, We're not doing New Year's
1: together. Correct. Ugh! i have I have broken free from the evil once again if you're joining us or you've joined us in the last few seasons, we haven't talked about malort in a while. It's been a minute it's uh it's a Chicago specialty I was gonna say delicacy, but that that's not correct. yeah, it's not. It's like if you took d- tequila and battery acid and
0: said, "Let's make a drink of that and I ring in the new year with it every single year. I take a shot because then the year cannot get worse. <laughs> and it worked pretty well for the last two years. Well, good for you. I
1: disagree. Do you, well, that's, I guess that's fair. You could you start off there. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not fun. I can't stop looking at the glitter all over your face. Yeah, I'm very glittery right now. I have been performing shows, and boy, do they lather on the glitter. Because I'm not the one putting it on. Someone is putting it on my face because it's in a quick change twice. So I am just decked out in glitter, and it will never leave me. You look like you were David Bowie's stunt double. (laughs) What a great job. That sounds awesome. That'd be a pretty cool job. I'd be down... <laughs> how were your holidays, Stephen? It was good. We had we had company over. Had the in laws to our place. We they saw our show. We had food. We hung out. I watched a little bit of football, not as much as I probably would have liked. But and still. how did the last week's game go for you, Stephen? Hey, you know what? The Lions beat the Vikings. And, and Jared. So what did they do, Stephen? Jared's Lions beat the Vikings and quenched their first division win ever since 1993 first nfc north win ever yes (laughs) yep the buccaneers won
0: the division that the vikings were in more recently than the lions well yes it was the nfc central at the time correct they won it in 1994 we won
1: 1993 yes so yeah good for you i guess i'm sitting here watching my team fall apart it's like sticks and band-aids yeah. <laughs> so let's let's all take a moment, take a breath, and say, "Yay! Congratulations, Jared! Gonna... Your smugness knows no bounds." Oh, it's
0: only. I'm listen. Th- we're ahead of schedule on the rebuild. My smugness. I've been holding the smugness in for twenty five goddamn years. Is that what that is? Well, sometimes it's a fart. <laughs> I've been holding the smugness for so long. It's just gonna come out, like. I don't know. Like, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry for everyone who knows Jared in real life. Yes, that is a problem. Uh, it's going to come out like, you know when you're a kid you have the garden hose and you stick your thumb over the end of it? Yeah. It's going to come out like that.
1: Okay. How was your holiday?
0: <laughs> it was good. It was very chill. Um, I watched that game with my dad uh, where he celebrated that the Lions-NFC uh, North clinching game. Uh, I honestly mostly just like bummed around with my mom and her fiance. Like, Ate a lot of really good food. I got them addicted to Ticket to Ride. Hell yeah. To the point that I brought the game there to show it to them, being like, I don't know if they'll like it. And then I didn't bring it home with me, because I was just like, it's yours now. <laughs> this, you you like it more than I do.
1: This is now my gift to you.
0: Yep. <laughs> this is now an additional Christmas gift. All right. Congratulations. Well, there you go. My I think, and this, they played a couple games without me. I think my mom played... 15 Ticket to Ride games in the last two days. Jeez. Yeah. That's a lot of Ticket to Ride. She is obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) Well. I discovered where I get my gaming addiction from.
1: Got it from your mama. You
0: know what we didn't get from our mother, Steven? What? Emails! Hey, well,
1: if you, you... If you want comment. to
0: email us, email the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast at gmail.com. That's Survivor Turning Back Time at gmail.com. No. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. And on Reddit. Reddit, yep. U slash <laughs> SurvivorTBT and X Survivor. At Survivor TBT. At Survivor TBT. See,
1: you try to move me along with the the email bit, but then you can't follow up, and that's what happens. I tried my best. You did.
0: It wasn't very good, just like this season.
1: <laughs> Emails. First email from Carl, episode seven. LMAO, sorry guys, didn't mean to do that to you, but the word that we struggled with was Oaxaca, O-A-X-A-C-A, Oaxaca. Okay. I know, right? Kind of like how the X in Mexico is pronounced in Spanish, and it's a beautiful place.
0: I don't see any of these emails written out, so I'm going purely off what Steven pronounces them as.
1: Yeah. Anyway, on the men versus women villain thing, I'll say that each tribe has an equal amount of men and women on Heroes vs. Villains, so if anything... I think having a kind of sort of villain like Sandra could be an argument in the other direction in that needing to put her on the villain's tribe could indicate a shallow pool Mm. of female villains from which to draw from. That's fair. Of course, it could also just mean others declined. But at the end of the day... They're going to even out the sexes on each tribe regardless.
0: That's smart. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah.
1: Not to say there aren't absolutely plenty of gender biases that Survivor has had over the years. I think my least favorite is that when men are aggressive, it's strategic and powerful. When women are, it's bitchy. But there are there are plenty of reasons where that has... Plenty of times that's shown.
0: Yes, and it's also a societal thing, too, that yeah. we tend to see... Uh, emotion in men as a good thing and emotion in women as like well you're being too emotional stop that yeah
1: picture the episode i have rory glancing uh, over top of amy look <laughs> eating something eating something i think it's the sugar cane but rory is not too happy with it okay notes yeah, John K. was dumb and everybody knew it. According to Chris, the guys would routinely sit around and make fun of him for not only being dumb, but apparently not in- interested in being in Survivor, as he was really only there to juice up his modeling career yep. and wasn't very invested in the game itself. That tracks. As Jared kind of guessed. <laughs> Yikes. You gave props to Julie for good strategy, and I would echo that and also add that it's pretty incredible her name never comes up at all. Like, yeah, John shoots himself in the foot a lot, but it's still pretty impressive that despite being the obvious target to flip back to the women, she isn't even an alternative option. It's Chad instead.
0: Yeah, I mean, that also gives credit to how dumb the guys are in this season. Over and over and over. This is the the dumbest pool of men we have had on this show so far. In fact... I would go as far as to say that each of these men are dumber than probably, like, individually than almost any single man that we've had on this on the show through season one up until this point. Wow. Like, I'm sure there are examples of dumber men. I cannot think of them off the top of my head. Sure. Okay. Wow. This episode really cemented that for me. <laughs> I actually
1: feel like John wouldn't have completely flipped on the men. Yeah, he guns for Chad here, but in his final words, he also says he would have stayed with Chris and the rest of them, but who knows.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he's definitely more desperate. Like, do you want a dumb, desperate guy who's going to put his foot in his mouth around all the women? Or do you want to get rid of him and pray that Julie and Twyla stick with you? I don't know. Ugh.
1: I was surprised at them using Jenna's mom's music from All Stars during the cafe scene here. I thought Jenna's quit scene was the only time they used it. But there you go. We used it again. I didn't catch it. was the
0: same music. Wow. Okay.
1: That's, that's interesting. I agree. It's really interesting that I remember Amy is a huge villain, but she gets a ton of positive scenes. Her scenes with her brother here, the scene where she comforts Eliza, her talk with Twyla, complex character.
0: I love Amy. I don't think she's a villain at all. Tell me more. I think she's messy, but we'll get into it in the episode.
1: Okay. Things I liked introducing the ladies of Yasser plus one. It's pretty good. Rory saying, This is for my baby, like Jared said. I like to imagine that he said it every time for six or seven shots and he just kept missing <laughs> and had to say it again and again until he hit it.
0: Head cannon. It, you know, no, no, it's canon. It's it, just the canon. It now. just is.
1: Rory screaming and shoving the immunity idol so hard into the ground that it breaks. Pretty iconic. Great. These are Rory for good reason. I will miss him so much, even if he's a bit of a douche to Amy in his goodbye episode. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Uh, while we're at it, might as well do Carl's episode eight. Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you and all the listeners. Picture the episode, obviously, it's the one that I called out. Chad's face. Yeah. Yeah. Chad's face. (laughs) Licking his lips. In the tribal council. What? Huh? Uh, Note, AKA, I defend the season. Interesting take from Jared on the season as a whole here. I agree with him on a couple things. A, he's right about Jeff feeling disengaged and apathetic. Although I do dig the sassiness at times. I, I agree. I'm with okay the with the half. sassiness.
0: I don't think it's really working for this pool of contestants and mm-hmm. it feels half-hearted. Yeah. Like it feels like the season doesn't have a host. I've kind of just forgotten about Jeff altogether. And B,
1: yes, there are some characters who perspective I wish we were hearing more from. Leanne is a really big one here. I would yeah. love to know if she's as raw raw go women as Amy is, or if she's just doing the logical thing of sticking with her alliance. That said. I think the editing of Rory's merge vote-off strikes a great balance between keeping suspense and explaining the result. We had a conversation between Julie and Twyla last episode where Julie plants doubt in Twyla's mind toward the guys, and I think it, this clearly demonstrates A, why Twyla would stick with the women instead of, instead of La and B, that Julie is still in with the women, or at least at the very least making sure that option stays open. I agree that I would much rather see explanatory, engaging storytelling than cheap attempts at suspenseful drama, but I don't think this episode falls into that.
0: I think what feels so off about it is that we, through the journey of the season up until that point, we have become so invested in Rory and we don't even really, like it doesn't feel like he's going home this whole episode in a way that doesn't feel like, wow, he was the favorite and they they like got him in the back it's like no we why did we just spend four episodes (laughs) like we're with him as the protagonist just for now him to go home right away at the merge not make the jury Mm -hmm. and there's so many of the women that I don't feel like we know all that well and and this episode does this next episode is a little bit to remedy that we get some Leanne and Mm -hmm. um, uh, Leanne and Julia together yep that Uh, We get a little bit more Twilight, we get a little bit more Scouts. Uh, We've gotten a lot of Twilight, I shouldn't say that, but we get a little bit more Scouts, like, actual, like, gamesmanship. It just, I feel like there, I I wanted there to be a little bit more of even just the women, like, checking in with a couple of each other, like, especially from the ones we hadn't heard very much from at all. So it felt like uh, the result coming out of left field isn't the worst thing in the world, but it felt like it came from a different baseball stadium. Sure. To keep the analogy going.
1: <laughs> I think the above scene combined with Scout's reaction to seeing Twyla and Amy being so passionate about the women's alliance in general do enough to explain why they all vote together. And, of course, there's other editing things that I, Steven, and other emailers could explain, but that would obviously be spoilery. Sure. It's possible I would agree with more of Jared's criticisms if I didn't know how the season goes. Hmm. Overall, I would argue the editing has its flaws, but it's still very good and hazelnut flavored shit feels like a fairly harsh comparison here.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. That's it's that's a pretty Jared
1: being over dramatic on these <laughs> it would never happen.
0: Never would never happen. I mean, but right now, where the season sits right now in my rankings is probably only above Africa and Thailand. Like it's probably like I'd rather watch Australia.
1: Okay, well, we'll get back to that at the end of the season. Yes. I also personally could not care less about the quality of strategy in any season. So that doesn't phase me at all, although I do think there's a tad more in here than you're giving credit for, i.e. the Julie Twyla scene, Amy boosting Lisa, Twyla's whole dilemma in general, but yeah, it's no Amazon or Micronesia. So if you're big into strategy, I can see why you wouldn't be into Vanuatu as much at least
0: not so far. I mean, I, yes, I do love strategy. It's not the only thing I look for. I obviously really like compelling storytelling. I I do think the mixture of a on ensemb- a more ensemble heavy cast, not a lot of strategy and Jeff being checked out is part of what's giving me the the uncanny valleyness. Sure. That mi- like even two of those three things and it wouldn't feel so weird. All three of them together. And it's just, it just, it doesn't sit right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I, like I said, I'm, I'm interested and obviously the fans are interested in seeing how your opinion twists and molds its way through the end of the season. Yeah. But we're documenting it all in a podcast form. So here we go.
0: Hey, I I love actually hearing stuff like that where people are like, oh, well, if he had seen the rest of the season, he'd feel differently because, hey, if you want any proof that I don't watch the seasons before we (laughs) record them here you go
1: yeah that's a good point okay and then just a few quick notes it's around this episode that amy was solidified as a huge character in the public mind Hmm. if you know who bill simmons is he even included her in an article written about around this time wondering who is this iron lady that's running survivor that everyone is talking about (laughs) I love that Jared has gone from calling Julie the least charismatic contestant of all time
0: to secretly the funniest and smartest person on this show. Oh, she was always both of those things. I, <laughs> from the moment I was like, she, she reminded me a lot of like early Aubrey Plaza of just like deadpan, but so witty.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And then finally, fuck yeah, Chris is a milk lover, my brother. Jared, are you a milk lover? It's
0: fine. I don't have strong opinions on milk.
1: Clearly didn't grow up in Wisconsin.
0: But did grow up in the Midwest.
1: That's fair. But you're on the far side. Like, you have a buffer state between you and Wisconsin?
0: No, but we have a buffer lake.
1: Okay, I see what you're saying. Yes. (laughs) But unless you're taking a boat from Michigan to Wisconsin. Uh, Yes, yes. (laughs) You got to, oh, I guess you do have the UP.
0: No, those are Wisconsinites. (laughs) Okay,
1: fine. Cool. From Tyler. Tyler, John Kenny has married and has three kids after survivor he returned to modeling and appeared in dna men's health and modeled in paris milan korea miami and new york city
0: so it so going on survivor to boost his modeling career his modeling career
1: did work it does seem to be the case and went on to pursue a filmmaking career in (gasps) (laughs) you better look those up In 2009, he and a contestant from Survivor Guatemala auditioned for The Amazing Race, but did not make the cast. Additionally, according to the Survivor casting chart that I have seen online, John originally applied for another show, but was cast for Survivor instead. Hmm. I don't know which show. If anyone has that information, feel free to share it. While I'm on the subject, the other John was recruited, and Amy originally applied for The Amazing Race before getting cast on Survivor, and everyone else applied regularly. Sure. Okay. Related to the above, John has only seen Survivor Borneo, which had just been released on DVD a couple months before Vanuatu filmed. Other than that, he had no other knowledge of Survivor. Hilarious. Amazing. Uh, Also from Tyler... No
0: wonder it feels like people are playing Borneo. The motherfucker's literally only seen Borneo. We just
1: saw Borneo. Also from Tyler, Rory (laughs) broke the record at the time for most votes cast against them in a season with 14...
0: Yep, that makes sense.
1: The previous record was 12, which was shared between Jerry, Lindsay, and Clarence in Africa.
0: Okay. That, with, those also make sense, actually.
1: With Lindsay's total being largely bolstered by being involved in two deadlock tie votes. Yeah, that'll do it. I looked it up, and Alinta is actually a name that originates from Australia. So there you go.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So Aboriginal was correct. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Even though you have mixed feelings on the season, to say the least, it's worth noting that as far as I can tell you, you seem to like almost everyone except for Sarge. (laughs) That is true. Uh, Boy, do I have news for you. And I've been waiting to comment on your disdain for him until the episode email where he gets voted off, so you can look forward to that in my next email. Hell yeah. And Leanne mainly, uh, and Leanne mainly because we've hardly seen her up until this point. Yeah. Which we actually end up seeing a decent amount of her in the next episode, so I'll be interested Mm -hmm. to hear how that affected your opinion of her. I'm still looking forward to how Jared responds and how the season ultimately plays out, but I have a better idea now that he's unknowingly foreshadowed it within the last few episodes. Oh, fascinating. Ooh. Many (laughs) – It's fun saying that because you say so many things and, like, how you think things will play out that – it's. It could be any one of the ten thousand things you said. And also, once I say things, I don't remember them anymore. That is also true. <laughs> yes. And then one final email, and then we'll get on to the episode from Josh. The word Alinta has Australian heritage. Scout specifically chose it because she used it in has the chorus in her nineteen ninety song Fire Woman. Okay. I have a link here. Do you want to listen to a little a little slice of it? Sure. Hell yeah. All uh, right.
0: pa- pause recording.
1: Pausing. To so Jared. Hey, Steven. I just I just played the song for Jared. Hey, Steven. Uh-huh. Why does that song start so horny? <laughs> I don't know that I would call it horny. The beginning sounds so horny. I was thinking like early electric like orchestra slash sticks like trying to be super techno but Using a bunch of synth, and it's weird.
0: What drugs do you think she was on when she recorded that?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It does kind of seem like it was a live take. It like, sure does. one
0: single live take. Oh, yeah. Editing in 1990, difficult. You can just, one and done.
1: Alinta, Alinta. That's I'm, I'm giving you a, a little taste there. Insane. You go look that up. Jared wants us to link that in the description. So if you want to hear this, we'll, we'll put it in the description. Remind me of this. Cause I Sorry. may forget. Otherwise email us and I will put it on our Twitter. All stars was the last time survivor was culturally relevant enough for a contestant to have a pipeline to Hollywood unless they are super popular. The where are they now segment for most seasons going forward up until now or up until the final six, will just be that they went back to their regular lives, which you know what is okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Getting little fun little tidbits of like what their normal lives were is totally fine with me.
1: This season causes a pretty large impact on how Survivor handles both casting and challenges moving forward. Time will tell whether you think those changes are good or not.
0: I can already tell you with the challenges, they will be. I do not like the challenges this season, mm. mostly.
1: Fairplay and Rob C. kind of hummed the waters for the audience to expect blind sides a bit too much. Mm. It's not that bad this season compared to some others, but you still you start to notice producers leaving info out to create bigger shocks for the audience. Just on a personal note, this season is one of my favorites because it is very consistently fun. There's also a decent bit of strategy in here. See, people are coming, coming for that strategy. It
0: is fun. The season is fun. It's just not Survivor.
1: would also say this season is one of the most rewatchable ones alongside amazon one interesting thing i've seen is that people with jobs that require storytelling have a different view of watching survivor than others i do think it makes the podcast more interesting because most podcasters talk about things such as strategy rather than editing and camera work i don't know if steven is enough of a survivor nerd to know what edric is but that's kind of what the that entails and i find that stuff interesting so i don't but i want to i i'm not entirely sure what is being said here but i want to look it up because i want to get i'm assuming it's like a storytelling technique or a a something that survivor uses all the time so i'm gonna get back to you on that and i want to learn what that is and then also from josh eliza and boston rob's birthday is on christmas so it's kind of a double holiday episode Oh hey, look at that! Happy birthday, Christmas. to Christmas! Happy, Happy Christmas!
0: Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> and tell my emails. I don't hate this season. I just it doesn't feel right. <laughs>
1: That's fair. I, I get what you're saying. And again, I don't need you to have an absolutely formed opinion until the season is done. You're right. Yeah, no, I can't. I don't have all the information. You cannot. But we'll get there. Anything you want to say before we bumper?
0: Uh, no. I, I don't mind being wrong.
1: Did you like my Christmas bumper?
0: I did. It was very good. Yeah. You were fishing for compliments there?
1: Yes, always. <laughs> Give me compliments. Bumper.
0: All right. So this episode came out on November 11th of 2004. A couple things that happened in the week between episodes. Russian-owned, Liberian-flagged tanker Tropical Brilliance gets stuck in the Suez Canal for three days, blocking all traffic.
1: Have I heard this one before, Jared? Time is a flat, dumb circle. (laughs) (laughs) Jared, you were so... What was the ship that was stuck in the Suez Canal for a while? The Evergreen. The Evergreen. You were so in on the Evergreen story. I don't remember if that was when we started the podcast already but man you were so invested in it i
0: don't think it was because i think well maybe it was i was definitely still working at the veterinary clinic i worked at but there was a time where i went back for a few months and we recorded it with a little bit of overlap there yeah. so yeah maybe we were recording at that time i'll look up when that date is while you keep talking okay war in iraq the interim government of iraq calls for a 60-day state of emergency as u.s forces storm the insurgent stronghold of fallujah hmm. this is the uh, start of the bloodiest and most difficult combat of the Iraq War, Uh, Fallujah, which you know what makes combat not difficult? What? Not being there in the first place. (laughs) Who would have thunk it? Crazy. The number one song was My Boo by Usher and Alicia Keys. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. And the top five movies of the week were Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason, Seed of Chucky. Oh, After the Sunset, those are five through three, uh, number one was The Incredibles. Number two is a new one we're going to talk about, The Polar Express. Oh, no. Steven, what's your experience with The Polar Express? Oh, boy. Okay, I did...
1: I'm pretty sure I saw The Polar Express in theaters, and it is horrifying you want to talk some want to talk about some fucking uncanny valley
0: here we are yeah that is the epitome of uncanny valley the okay so it's tom hanks yep tom hanks and director robert zemeckis he was the director of forrest gump and castaway Reunite for Polar Express, an inspiring adventure based on the beloved children's book by Chris Van Allsburg. When a doubting young boy takes an extraordinary train ride to the North Pole, he embarks on a journey of self-discovery that shows him that the wonder of life never fades for those who believe. In case you didn't know, Tom Hanks plays hero boy, father, conductor, hobo, Scroogey, nope Scrooge, there's no I there, and Santa Claus voice. Yeah, he is everything. He sure
1: is. What do you think this movie is rated, Stephen? I, I hesitate here. I'm going to... Okay, here's my methodology. I don't think people are going back in time to rate the Polar Express. I think people are going to look at it for what it was at the time and say, wow, this is a huge leap forward in animation. Critic score of 80... Okay. One audience score of
0: 87. Mm. You are too generous. Damn it. Even at the time, the critic consensus, though the movie is visually stunning overall, the animation for the human characters isn't lifelike enough the story (laughs) is padded. Uh, Critic score of 56, audience score of 64. Damn it. Both were pretty middling. Yeah.
1: Okay. That
0: early 3D animation era was rough.
1: It is rough. another one to throw in there spy kids 3d don't besmirch the gospel (laughs) it's so weird looking uh but you could kind of get away with it and hide it behind the 3d effects yeah it's true for reference the evergreen was about a year and a half before we started our show okay yeah march of 2021
0: yeah wow okay that was a long time ago yeah
1: I forget that we're going into 2024. And it's like, we've been doing this for what, a year and a half now? About. That was like 2021, right? Nope. Mm, nope. Nope. That was 2022. Midway through it. <sighs> okay. Cool. Anything else you'd like to say? That is all. I can't believe I overshot the Polar Express. All right. <laughs> Let's get into the episode. Episode nine Gender Wars. And
0: it's getting ugly. <laughs> sure is the full title of that name sure yeah i guess i mean it's honestly the title in response to the title i wrote down i'm excited to see the men throw a fit the entire episode and they really don't like there's some times that they do Mm -hmm. and there's some times that the women are gloating i mean amy let's just say it amy's not a gracious winner (laughs) she she is not does she have to be no Well, eh, if you you want to win the million dollars, at this point, you kind of have to be. Yeah,
1: maybe you you want to do that a little bit.
0: Before that, not so much.
1: Okay. Well, during the the last time on, I did get a, a little moment of like, oh, I love when Survivor does that. Of one cast, or one tribe was yellow, one tribe was red, and the merge tribe is orange.
0: Oh, I didn't catch that.
1: That's a cute little, they didn't have to do that, but they did.
0: It does feel like the season is riddled with Easter eggs and even more foreshadowing we'll talk about in this episode. Mm -hmm. I am impressed with that, and I do see why that would make it really good on a rewatch. But I will say the alliances have been a little too stagnant for me. Sure. Like, the four, I guess five older men, like, they've never turned on each other at all. They've never even considered it. Mm -hmm. None of them were like... I'll try to get my lot in with the women, except for Rory, but only while he was on the island with them, not once they merged. None of the women have been like, wait a minute, I'm on the bottom. What if I what happens when all the men are gone? We try to get a little bit of that this episode, but that's another thing that's giving it its like Borneo-esque feel, is that like you just don't cross alliance lines unless you are Lisa in episode two. And then you get burned for it later when Amy takes you out.
1: <laughs> so you said something interesting that makes my mind go, oh, wait, this show should not have been made for rewatching. Correct. At the time, this is on television. This is airing weekly with no reruns. Yep. This should not have been made for rewatch.
0: They didn't do rerun- reruns like between seasons? Mm-mm. Wow.
1: As, as far as I remember, they... They might have, but it would have been in a terrible time slot that nobody would see.
0: Although Borneo DVDs had just released, apparently, yes, they had just done like the first DVD box set, so maybe
1: to th- there is now the potential. But and up until this point,
0: maybe now that's something editors are thinking about. Maybe, maybe that's why we're getting a lot more of that, and why it feels like the maybe. editing is so different, and why I think it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, into the episode.
1: Tribal council was absolute heaven, says Amy. This was beautiful, exactly how I wanted it to go. Again, maybe don't brag to the people that will be on the jury. <laughs> While on the other side, Chris is like, I've never had anyone in my my alliance waver. This whole time, everyone has been solid. That's true. Until Twyla. Twyla talks a little bit about how she had the alliance with the guys, but I, I couldn't really trust them. The whole Julie thing in the final four was was a huge implication on why I went with what
0: I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Julie lie has massive repercussions, and that is a genius play, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, that needs That needs even more kudos. And somehow she doesn't really get burned for it this episode. She gets called out for
1: it, but she doesn't...
0: Yeah, but no one. There are no repercussions. There are no repercussions, and no one seems to be like,
1: "That's such a shocking thing to do," unless one vote is the
0: repercussions. Well, sure, yeah, a single vote, a single vote. It. Everyone's just kind of like, "Oh wow, that's a good move." Like nobody's mad (laughs) or surprised.
1: (laughs) Game respect game, I guess. Yeah, Sarge is pissed off. These women are conniving. Hats off to him, but I'm pissed off weird and then we transition into one of the most uncomfortable scenes i think i've ever seen in survivor
0: <laughs> yes i love this scene
1: scout is singing around the fire and sarge is just staring i'm i'm assuming at fire at the distance maybe at scout but
0: i think he's thinking of all of the ways he has been trained to murder her. <laughs> like all the ways that the U.S. government taught him to kill her in his soldiering career and trying desperately to resist the urge. His eyes are glassing over. He is hearing the
1: helicopters in his mind.
0: No, no, no. It's, it's the helicopters on top of the singing from the song <laughs> that she put out. It's... It's
1: so it's bizarre. So weird.
0: I kind of understand why we, like, we've like we gotten a decent amount of Scout, but I kind of understand why we only get a little bit of her an episode. <laughs> because it's like, what kind of kooky, crazy shit does she have going on up there?
1: And the editors didn't need to hang on this for so long. No, I loved it.
0: Best, best <laughs> shot of the show thus far, or the we, season thus far.
1: We could have got the idea with half of the amount of time of this scene and yet here we are about a full minute wasted of just
0: staring at sarge and scout no you shut the fuck up it's iconic (laughs) i love it Oh, the other i want to say one more thing about amy too that i just noticed Uh uh-huh so yes i amy's not amy is not a gracious winner and amy is a bit of a loud mouth but she's a type of loud mouth we haven't really seen on survivor thus far She's a loud mouth, but she's a loud mouth at the right times. Like sure, she's I mean I yes, you should not berate the people that are going to be on the jury. Why not? <laughs> I can't imagine why, oh, Boston Rob. <laughs> but like she does it the next or she does it the same night as tribal and then it it dies and then she lets it die as far as we can see. She'll she's cool calm collected around camp and then Lisa says something that rubs her the wrong way, and she goes off at her. Uh Uh-huh. Like, she's not just going off at people all of the time to the point that it's, like, a messy distraction. She is—she's—I don't know if it's, like, calculated. She's fiery. She's—yeah, she's fiery, but she's not, like, Alicia fiery, where it's, like, she's fighting over dumb shit. Like, the Lisa conversation was dumb, but the point behind it was not. Yeah. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I, if I, in any way, ever made it feel like I don't like villains, I feel like I might come across that way sometimes, Mm. where I'm like, ah, I'm not a big fan of villains. I think villains play an important part in the show, and why the show got as big as it did.
0: I fucking love villains. Yeah. That should have been made clear by now.
1: they're, They're needed, and I... I don't know. I, I do like Amy, and I think yeah, Amy is
0: an interesting case subject in this show. I hope she comes back. We'll see how far she gets. I I also want to point out Sarge being like, it's so awkward around camp. Sarge, it's awkward because you're making it awkward. <laughs> you and the guys are having a pity party, frankly. And that's okay. Yeah. But then you can't be like, oh, why is it so awkward? It must be these women.
1: <laughs> Rory did it. This is just their turn.
0: Yeah. But Rory wasn't like, God, everything in camp is so awkward because these because of these women. Rory was like, wow, everything in this camp sucks because I'm on the bottom and everyone hates me. And now I'm going to make it awkward for everyone else. <laughs> now I'm going to make it everyone's problem. Like he, <laughs> he knew what he was doing. That is true.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we jump from that into, I think it's a reward challenge. It's a reward challenge. Yeah, that
0: fucking uh, seems like it'll be a reward challenge. 30 seconds of silence. Yup. Yup, here it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, so
0: we're at a reward.
1: It's a trivia reward. And it's it's the same trivia game we've played over and over again. You have three lives. You get knocked out. You answer questions. If you get it right, you can choose to take one of a person's lives. The lives are represented by coconut sc- coconut skulls. Okay. What did you think of the coconut skulls? Fine.
0: Yeah. I don't understand the imagery they're going for with the like I well no that's not true I deeply understand the imagery they're going for. <laughs> I I'm just kind of brushing it off. I hate it. <sighs>
1: the imagery is good. The challenge is bad.
0: Well, the imagery is good, the intent behind the imagery is bad. Yes. Yeah, that they don't really fully grasp, I feel like of doing like the whole like ooh, native people scary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the winner of this challenge gets a helicopter ride to Mount Moro, picnic, and chicken wings. Cool. And alcohol. There's alcohol in there. I think it's it's champagne. Champagne, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's pretty. The mountain was pretty. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a second. So every time I see one of these challenges, this, like, you have three lives challenges ever since Marquesas, I kind of roll my eyes. Okay. But it kind of has always worked. (laughs) Like... I don't remember. Pearl Islands didn't have that big of an impact. It didn't work in Pearl Islands. Yeah, it really didn't work in Pearl Islands. You're right, but it works here. It does, it and it stirs works, the pot. Yeah, it, it does. It it stirs the pot more than I think I expect it's going to every time, except for Pearl Islands. Yes,
1: and and that's really why it's here. Is as we've shown, it's it's the chopping block challenge of where do you sit in line. Mm -hmm. and it's to make you squirm and make you think that, oh, my alliance is not quite as solid as I think it is.
0: This should be the easiest thing in the world to solve. To, like, not... If you're in the majority of the majority, go after each other. Mm -hmm. But paranoia. It's the prisoner's dilemma. Mm -hmm. And I,
1: once again, I will cheer them on that this is a reward challenge and not an immunity challenge. Yes, thank God. I... I need agency in yes. Immunity Challenge. Like, please do not take my agency and say, well, you can't win because these people don't want you to win.
0: Yeah. No, That it, I never want this to be used as Immunity Challenge ever again.
1: Nope. So a couple questions. I I wrote them all down. I'll just briefly skim through them. Vanuatu means land eternal. There are 83 islands in the Vanuatu archipelago
0: um so to uh, quick thing about both of those okay if it's if it translates to the land eternal why did you decide to brand the season as islands of fire i guess because of the volcanoes okay fine it's branding it's not their theming. yeah i guess just seems like that's an easier theming if you want to lean into all if you wanted to try to lean into the culture of the people maybe like do it accurately
1: it's like chai tea you can't say the same thing twice
0: (laughs) fair i guess kind of um and the archipelago. Right. Okay. The archipelago question is silly because the one answer is eighty three, and the other two are like twenty eight and seventeen. Like we all know that those are a lot of islands. Twenty eight and seventeen is not enough. I probably would have picked twenty eight.
1: Wow. Okay. I'm going to be one hundred percent honest with without knowing and doing research or like being in the area. I would have picked twenty eight. Hmm, okay. But once again, what do I know? I'm just a, a dumb American. <laughs> uh, the large curved pig tusks mean that you are wealthy.
0: <laughs> I know which one you're laughing at. And it made me mad.
1: <laughs> there is a... Is there a ceremony where you drink lava? No, it would kill
0: you. Yeah, like, okay, and I'm going to touch on that slightly, and I got fooled by this one a little bit because there was part of me, and see, we watched this episode together, where I went, maybe you can mix it in something? Like, can you, like, I I was worried that the wording was going to be, like, fucked with in such a way as, like, they take one drop of lava into, like, this concoction of, like, water and blah, 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 and then drink it, and, like, that would have technically been drinking a cup of lava. I don't, whatever. But, like, the idea that, that these people are so other that they are so other from us uh-huh. that it's like oh well, these are these are animalistic tribal people so they have superpowers like eating <laughs> lava and that fools like half of them eat the lava eat the lava <laughs> and like i don't condemn them for that like that's just like internalized bias um it's just interesting to know how many of them fell for it.
1: I t- I just love that some people got that wrong, and yeah. that's amazing to me. <laughs> uh the the Vanuatu island chain is the largest languages per capita in the world, which was true. That's cool as fuck. Tam tam is a drum. Yep. Uh, vatu, which is their money, means stone, and the national dish is laplap. I don't know what laplap I don't know is. Laplap is either. They didn't say. They didn't say, so I'm going to look that up when we're
0: done here or when I get you on a talking tangent. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, I will go on talking tangents. Eliza's very smart. Like, she's very book smart. Mm-hmm. She got every question right until she got eliminated, and then she's very dumb for throwing a fit about being eliminated. I
1: think she did... No, never mind. I was thinking about the puzzle. Go on.
0: Yeah, it was It was really dumb of her to be like, eh, Where'd you go for me, Eliza? You are known for being dramatic and a bit of a problem. Why... <laughs> would you then be dramatic and a bit of a problem and the answer is cuz she's human because they're hungry and they're not perfect people but you got to be better than that if you want to win survivor
1: yeah it's you're not making any friends let's just be clear on that one and well it,
0: if if the if the three men behind her had a singular brain cell to share between them she would have made three friends that's fair <laughs> but no we're going to go after
1: her we'll talk about that in a second uh-huh yeah the, the guys are pretty much taken out one after another. And after that, Eliza's the first one taken out by Scout. And Eliza was none too happy about that. And they keep going down the line. And eventually we get to the point where Leanne wins. And she's so excited that I won something.
0: Good for you. Good for you. And takes Julie, of all people. Really smart gameplay. Tell me more. That was, we hadn't seen anything of the two of them connecting, and and, uh, Leanne goes as far as to say, yeah, I haven't really talked to her hardly at all. Like, we haven't gotten close, I don't know where she stands, I don't know where our alliance stands, we've been separated because of the tribe swap, so like, building a connection with her, and then actually doing a final four uh, pledge with her, really smart. Smart idea. Shore up the fringes of your alliance to make sure you're in the strongest possible position to not get flipped on. I agree.
1: Yeah, and then before we move on, Lap Lap is prepared by grating breadfruit, bananas, taro, or yam root into a vegetable paste. The paste is then wrapped in banana leaves and cooked in an underground stone oven with fresh coconut cream. Meats like pork, beef, chicken, or flying fox can be added. And I just want to show you a picture of this. It kind of looks like
0: a fly trap. <laughs> Oh, it looks disgusting. I'm sure it tastes great. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, like, I was not on board until it was, like, in the stone oven. And then I was like, that actually could be really good if you cooked oh, it long enough.
1: And here's a variant with meat on it. What is a flying fox? Flying mm-hmm. fox. Okay. Oh, I know I've heard the term before. We're going to down Wikipedia
0: rabbit holes We're here. learning a lot about Vanuatu, folks. Right. Not about the show, but about Vanuatu itself.
1: Oh, it's a, it's like a bat oh hey don't eat bats we le- have we learned we've learned our lesson it's have, too- have we COVID. it's, a, it's a big ass bat though don't eat bats its a big bat don't eat bats okay anyway that happens so then we hop in our helicopter we go out to a beautiful <laughs> a beautiful flying over of Vanuatu. The, a Vanuatu a they, we got the same shot from last episode. Yeah, that we've definitely seen before. <laughs> so I'm assuming, and I said this to Jared while we watched together, that they used the shots from this flyover for the weird transition scene the other time. Yeah,
0: you can see where they're cutting corners. It's, that's, that's weird. The season clearly does not have the budget as of previous seasons. It's very strange. And it's legitimately beautiful. Like
1: the island of Vanuatu, gorgeous, and flying up there to the dormant volcano and seeing all the
0: green space, gorgeous. Outside of Australia, this is probably the prettiest location we've been to. Like the top of this mountain in this basin, we've been to some really pretty locations in Survivor. That wasn't Africa. Yeah, Africa was not that pretty. Like there was like the safari was really cool, but it's I like the lush green more personally, and like being on an island in the basin of a dormant volcano like that's that's fucking rock and roll man i don't think they were in the basin of the volcano they were at the top the caldera that's a good word thank you nice so yeah
1: they they get to sit around they also
0: wait no basin would basin would just be like the where like scoops down you're thinking of the base of the volcano i was thinking
1: like the inside of the
0: volcano but if
1: either way they weren't there either they were at the Kind of where it starts to fall off of the the peak of, like, where the crater begins, and then you start get the outside. Neither of us are scientists. No, we're not scientists, and that, that certainly shows, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're eating their wings, they're having a good time, and at camp, Eliza's taking it personally.
0: Yeah, she is. And this... Uh... this is another conversation that's so stupid but honestly it's just because Eliza and Scout don't like each other like it is it is personal they are both right and they are both wrong because it is just a personality conflict difference
1: yeah Scout goes on to say in this game you have to take out the smartest people and that is a weird choice of words if you're playing a game and Eliza calls her on it like you mean in the game or in the game
0: yeah Scout not the most sound strategic mind in the world. Although I did, I like, I I gave her props last episode Mm -hmm. for keeping like a loose hand on her alliance. And I still think that's the right call, but what this is, it's just, it's a weird conversation. Like (laughs) scout tries to say it's not personal and then says, no, it's because you're smart, which is personal. Like it might not be a personal insult, but it is literally yeah. personal. And that's the thing is, Scout is saying,
1: no, 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 it's an honor. Like, I I think you're intelligent. I think you could be a problem here. and So like, sit back and let me kick your ass. <laughs> like N- You don't, don't you hear what you're saying? Like, wh- what is,
0: I'm in danger because you're saying this shit. And on the flip side, Eliza, you got every question right. You are a, you have been shown to be incredibly book smart. Mm-hmm of course you're going to go early in this challenge. <laughs> yeah. And then we flip
1: over to Chris who is sitting in the corner, putting his fingers together like a, a comedy villain, like <gasps> weakness.
0: I flip flop on how smart I think Chris is or how good I think Chris is at the game. Like six times an episode. Why? He's, six times an episode that he's actually shown. Okay. Cause he gets so close to like coming up with good ideas and then they just fizzle Mm. and he doesn't follow through on them. And sure. Some of that might be cut content, but like I wrote down, I was like, why, why are you plotting to take out Eliza? Join with Eliza. That's one less person you have to flip. Who's on the outs. Yeah. Take her with you. And part of me is like, Maybe that's what they're going to come around to. Maybe that's what they're also debating between. No, because we get a scene later with Chad running down the beach like it's a bad infomercial, being like, guys, I had an idea. Oh, oh, what if we actually joined with Eliza? And I'm like, yeah, the <laughs> thing that was fucking obvious and yeah. took you a day and a half to figure out? Whoa, man, it's crazy. That felt like it was a skit for... Who were they talking to at the time? Was it Was it Julie? No, it wasn't Julie. Who are they talking to? The, the, Chad, uh, Chad ran up to, uh, oh, Sergeant Twyla. Yes. comes ran up to Sergeant Twyla in that scene later. I thought that was a, a skit for Twyla's benefit. <laughs> I'm like, wow, guys, this crazy idea I'm having right now, and we definitely didn't talk about yesterday.
1: Like, whoa.
0: But the more I thought about it, the more I think that's not the case. I think they, their only, the only thought in their head was go after Eliza. Three, three grown men out fishing. Yeah. Nobody can walk up and hear their conversation. Nobody can bother them. they are in the boardroom. They are in the survivor boardroom. Like they—they've they've reserved the office. They. This is their pitch meeting. They have decided what they're going to do, and it is take out someone they could flip to their side so they could have the power in the game rather than maybe three more days. That is the—that is the peak of intellectual discourse between the men on this season
1: (laughs) and i i will once again i will say all you have to do is survive one vote all you have to do is survive one vote this part is different and (laughs) their best plan is not
0: to go after eliza it's to get eliza on your side you only you only have to survive one vote yeah but if you can flip the table so that you are in the power position that's better
1: yeah i agree so like you said they they convene on the boat and they push they they want to go after eliza get ladies in because people don't like eliza while this is happening (laughs) one julie and leanne are flying back and julie's like you know i do miss these people and leanne says me too maybe i'm just drunk me too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fucking great. And then the chicken wing smuggling. It's the, so petty. It's so petty and I'm kind of here for it. I loved it. The, they get back, they have chicken wings in a pouch in a sock and they're like, "Where are the guys?" Like, "Oh, they're out on the boat talking or fishing or whatever they're doing." They're like, well, "We have wings. We have two wings for everybody <laughs> if we don't
0: share them with the guys." I 100% thought this was going to come up later. I thought they were going to find the bones and be like, wait, you brought some back? Because they were just like kind of tossing the bones around camp or like in the foliage. But then again, they do tell them, the guys, that they brought bones back. So if uh-huh. they find bones, that's not a big deal.
1: No, they did them a huge favor in bringing back bones. They're like, there's some skin on this one. What yeah, I would I would be all for it at that
0: time. Oh, like, no. What, under those yes. circumstances, 100%. Imagine eating somebody's leftover chewed up wings like right now as I'm no, sitting here disgusting. having eaten pizza like an hour ago. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. And you know what? The guys are excited about it. They, they're like, oh, so th- thank you. Thank you for doing me the honor of eating the skin off of this chicken wing you already had. Also, like make bone broth.
0: Like, you have water, you have bones. That's all you need.
1: Yeah. Bone broth is tough, though, because it's not going to fill you with anything. It's better than nothing. It's going to give you nutrients. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then tree mail happens, and there's a pig.
0: Why the fuck is there a pig?
1: And it's just tied up. It's just hanging out.
0: <laughs> I, at first, I thought it was like, oh, the pig is, got like stuck mm-hmm. near their tree mail mm-hmm. just by chance. No, this is a fucking pig on a leash. Nah, pig on a leash. And Eliza
1: goes to get the tree mail and is like, oh no, I have to bring this pig back to camp.
0: Hey, 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 Eliza. Hey, it's already tied up. (laughs) Just go get help.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so she she does. She kind of drags it. It's hilarious. She's screaming help. Chris comes to help. And... I, again, I go back to the cartoon villainry of Sarge and Twila with machetes coming over me like, oh, I get to eat it? Can I, I eat it? I did like that, actually. It's, it's really funny. But the note says you can't eat the pig. You got to save it for later.
0: Sarge is at his best when he is the fourth most important person in the conversation. When he gets to have, like. Some funny, like a funny throwaway line and a goofy expression on his face.
1: Interesting you say that because he then goes on to have a conversation with the audience about how I don't like how the Estrogen City has invaded my camp. Your camp.
0: As you Mine. sit in the Minority Alliance and go home this episode. And he really hammers on that Estrogen City. He says it twice. Three times. Is it three times? Yeah. Okay. Fuck off. <laughs>
1: yeah there's honestly nothing about it or nothing that really comes from it it's just so funny to
0: watch him say it and watch him struggle with the idea that he can't be in charge in the fact that he is lower on the power totem than women and that personally offends him every single moment he's on this show I think that was a little
1: harsh (laughs) (laughs) but we gotta move on yeah Immunity happens. It's a puzzle.
0: Listen, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one thing to okay. myself because you're right. It's pretty Lord. harsh. If it wasn't for all the other mountains of evidence of times where he was weird about possess, be like being possessive of women, I wouldn't say anything.
1: Sarge, we once again we offer the opportunity to you and to anyone else who would like to come on and defend your honor.
0: Yes. And also, I say this as a character on the show, not who you are in real life. Yes, etc. cetera. Hundred et percent. Anyway, puzzle. It's a. It almost looks like the floor
1: of a church or something. Yeah. It's like a compass. That's what I saw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's probably what it is meant to be. It, it's a compass, but it's very beautiful. And you have to memorize the colors because you can flip over these pieces of the compass to make a picture. But it's always the same picture, but it's in different colors. So you have to get it completely right. And if you get it wrong, you're out. If you get it right, you get to move on to the next round. And they just keep
0: going until there's one person left. What did you think of this challenge, Steven? I didn't hate it. I like the structure of this challenge. But I think the editing of it was bad. I think, first of all, we need to have a key of what they're supposed to be making. It does not help us at home to try to remember it just like the contestants were and then be looking over their shoulders at random times. Like, I can think I'm right, but then if I'm watching somebody else do it, I'm be like, wait, were they right? No, I want to see in the corner of the screen what they're supposed to be making. And with that comes, I want to see when people are floundering between, like, was it this, was it this, or, or making that last second adjustment. Mm-hmm. That would do loads for this challenge as a viewer.
1: Yeah, I think what modern Survivor would do is either – I don't I don't think they would put it in the corner. I think they would – when Jeff's going through and like, ah, you're wrong. It would have that brief like highlight moment where it's Mm. surrounded in a white light of the part that is incorrect. Showing us that, ah, this is where the screw up is, but you're right where they, how they showed it was not beneficial. And then, then not telling us what was wrong. Yes. That also hurt. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like there was ones where Jeff went by and I don't remember who it was, but he was like, "No, you got that part right. It was another part that you got wrong. Like, Which part, Jeff? Which part? I don't have time to stop and rewind and be like, Ah, yes, there it is, right there in the corner." Jeff said, "I don't care. You got shut it. up diagonally." Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. All of the men get out in the first round. Fucking unga to the bunga. Just they're all out. Scout and Twilight get out in the second round. Eliza's out in the third round. And then Julian Leanne get it wrong in the fourth, leaving only Amy to claim the victory.
0: Who almost also got it wrong. Almost. She switched something at the very last second.
1: And it, it was kind of an obvious error because, like, her entire frame was correct except for the bottom yeah. part of the frame. So good for her for catching. They did speed up as the challenge goes on. Like, you get less time to look at it. You get less time to put it together. And that's a smart way of raising the stakes. The biggest obstacle in this challenge, the rain. Why do you say that? It was raining at a decent enough clip that it it was hard for them to grab the pieces.
0: Oh, I didn't actually catch that. Yeah. People huh. were
1: struggling to grip it and like get underneath it to get the piece out of the puzzle. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that would make it tough. Adding
0: some dexterity to our memorization challenge. Yeah.
1: <laughs> tough. And then Amy wins and was like, hmm, maybe winning wasn't the best idea because I'm in a solid position and I don't want to be looked at as a threat.
0: I think winning is always a good idea. I, like not always, not always. We've talked even
1: giving a, yeah, are we've you talk, sure? We, that's
0: fair. We've talked a couple of times about how it's not, I don't think winning here hurts her. I like, I, I think, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think winning this challenge is ever a bad idea. This isn't one that I I like somebody gets. And I think, well, that's a challenge beast right there. Yeah.
1: think, I don't think winning here hurts her, but it does add to a cumulative problem.
0: She hasn't really been dominant at the challenges, though. No,
1: but if she does win a second one... That's fair. Then you're like, oh, that's a problem. So, yeah, she's talking about threat management. She's going after Sarge. And then all chaos kind of breaks out here. It's it's a mess because none of it actually comes to fruition. Yeah, I do like the scene of Leanne and Julie dancing. I just think that's really cute. That is cute. But they're trying to show that Leanne and
0: Julie are getting close, especially yep. after that helicopter ride. I I liked the conversation with Sergeant Twyla. Mm-hmm. I also really like Twyla's honesty and emotional intelligence, which is interesting because she's not somebody you would typically think of with having those values or not not values having that like. She's portrayed as this kind of like.
1: Uh, Blue collar, goes to work, like, uh, hits thing with big hammer and then goes home. Yeah. But really, she's she's very intelligent. She's very aware of her surroundings. And she is shown in this game that she can read people and, like, make a rational decision and not just go off on what's going on.
0: Yes. And I think with what you're saying about her being very blue collar, you don't typically associate emotional intelligence with that kind of person mm-hmm. but like she's incredibly open and knows herself very well. Like yeah. she it talks about how she feels more comfortable with the men, but her allegiances lie with the women. She tells us that like maybe she made a mistake by going against the men and voting, um, voting with the women last episode. Like it's, it's really cool to see because it would be really easy and I will give editing their props for this. It would be really easy to make Twilight into a caricature and, even just by selectively showing us the things that we have seen and removing some other parts. Yep. And they don't do that, even though they could. I It would be a little harder with her being a swing vote at one point. But, like, technically we didn't have to see any of that in this episode. It didn't matter. It didn't make an impact. Sarge goes home. Mm-hmm. and I, But I still think it was worth seeing. Yeah.
1: And this is the part where Sarge reveals that I think Julie played the hell out of you. Yeah. Because I didn't do that. And she's like, oh, yeah
0: oops and then nothing pays off like it is also interesting that Twyla doesn't go back to Julie and be like is this true Twyla just knows it's true like she also trusts her gut enough to know that like oh shit yeah I believe him yeah I think uh, he's not lying to me therefore Julie must
1: have screwed me over yeah so then we go to tribal and Jeff calls out Eliza (laughs) oh this
0: this was also sorry before tribal's with the scene with chad running down the beach being like i had an idea yeah which like congratulations chad it was your turn to use the brain cell it was a little too late yeah like i said
1: at tribal jeff calls out eliza and she's like i came with my bag packed i'm the only woman who came with her bag packed like i i shouldn't feel comfortable
0: i don't want to get rory syndrome i fucking love that we have a like canon rory syndrome so funny Although, like, didn't Rory always feel like he was on the chopping block? Because
1: he was always on the chopping block. He always got votes. So I don't really understand what Rory's syndrome is, then, uh, I guess. Doesn't matter. Sarge is like, yeah, there are riffs. I can feel the riffs. Like, Twyla, for instance, and we kind of redouble on the Twyla got caught in the middle and maybe got played, and Julie's sitting out there, and she maybe got a little scot-free from that, and... Should be feeling a little more damaged for, than what she had been. And then she's sitting there like, sorry. Leanne says, How did Julie get off easy after Tribal? Because Twyla also flipped and was ripped apart, and Julie was yeah. not. And Julie's like, I didn't. I didn't get off scot free. Yes, you did. I'm going to get votes tonight one i'm going to get vote tonight i'm going to get vote tonight (laughs) and yeah those are the
0: highlights from tribal for me do you have anything the only thing i have is i had the thought of if you are amy and this might be too aggressive of a move if you think that if you're in the power alliance right but you would need let's say two people to flip do you give up your immunity to the person that you think they would flip against like do, if you're Amy, do you give your immunity to Eliza to secure? Be like, okay, well now it's harder if Twyla and I guess it wouldn't be Twyla. I guess not Eliza. Whoever you think they'd be going for, Scout. If it's like Twyla and Eliza that flip, mm-hmm. you just give it to Scout to be like, hope you guys had like. I doubt you guys discussed a backup plan with how intricate this would have to be, and now we're voting in ten seconds. At the time, I could see that working. In modern day? Absolutely fucking not. No, absolutely not. Because people have hidden immunity dials. And I've also seen in modern, the couple modern seasons I've seen, people will just talk at tribal. Yeah. They'll just go and like pull each other into corners. Correct. But like, that's not something we've seen up till this point. Live tribals are the most interesting fucking thing and probably a nightmare to edit. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. So that was a a thought I had. Um, And I guess uh, post vote, because Sarge goes home, but the votes that aren't on Sarge are super interesting. Yeah, so, so we show no votes. No, that's not true. We show Except Chris's. Except for Chris's. Why do we show Chris's vote? Because I think we want to know why it happened the way it did. I still don't know why it happened the way it did.
1: So we've seen this play before of I think he's trying to get out ahead. Like he sees what the vote as
0: inevitable and is trying to be like, I voted with you. I just don't understand the thought process there. Like, do you think that the women are going to go, oh, yeah, you're one of us. Wait a minute. Hold on. (laughs) Like, I don't get it. It is very bizarre. And then somehow Chad and Sarge hadn't talked to each other?
1: Yeah. There is no situation where three people should have one vote. Two people had one vote. Three people had one vote. I thought it was just Eliza and Julie. Eliza had one, Julie had one. Oh, sorry, you're right. I in the alliance, Sarge got one vote from Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my fault. It's a
0: three person alliance, and they voted for three different people. Insane.
1: (laughs) I just all about it, insane. But yeah, interesting there. What do you think? do, Do you think anything comes of that? Do you think it's just like eh, to throw away?
0: I don't know. Because these guys have a like there's no thoughts in their head. There is zero thoughts in their head. They are cavemaning through this game. And it is not working. But they are they've tried nothing and they are all out of ideas. Yes. So I have no idea. So I like I said, I go back and forth on Chris being smart like six times this episode. Because so I'm like, oh yeah, Chris, wow, you're really driving a wedge between them. Chris, why are you why are you not? siding with the with the part of the wedge that can actually help you. Okay, he's going to try that. Wait, now he's voting for Sarge. Unless there's was a conversation I didn't hear, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So it's it's confusing. I don't know. Maybe Chris can figure his shit out. I think one of the guys will go far. I think it's most likely to be Chris. Mm. As I mentioned before, usually once you're the last person in your minority alliance, that's when a shakeup happens. People want to use you. Right. Well, yeah, because they don't want to be... It's musical chairs, and everyone's worried they're going to be the next one out after you. And, I mean, maybe it could be Chad, but I don't Chad doesn't really seem to have the greatest social skills. Chad seems like an idiot, too. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. Okay. Well,
1: that is the end for Sarge. We don't see Sarge again. Oh, thank God. <laughs> How do you think Sarge does in Future Survivor?
0: Uh... Honestly, this is probably close to his ceiling. I think anybody that becomes a becomes a rigid leader and that has a hard time not getting too emotional when things don't go their way, and he spends this entire episode being emotional, does not have a chance to win Survivor. Like you'd have to have a very unique set of circumstances for that for that strategy to work. Or not even strategy, that personality type sure. to work. I've, I've given Sarge a lot of shit. I don't dislike him as much as some previous contestants. I just, his shtick kind of got old. He was just, he was, in my opinion, a, a funnier, better Frank from Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and less problematic. <laughs> Frank, way less problematic. Way less problematic. Um, I don't think, I don't really think he's like a misogynist or anything. But I do think he has a hard time getting along and understanding people that aren't like him and that is a detriment in survivor. So I think this was kind of the perfect season for Sarge to thrive and this is being the first person on the jury is as far as he got. He he could go farther if it was um if he ended up being in the majority alliance. Like if he got lucky and there were more guys and girls and and those held true, but I still think he's the probably the first or second person voted off in that majority alliance for being strong and the leader and a little bullheaded. Yeah.
1: I I disagree in that I think that this isn't his ceiling, but I do think this is probably the average of where he ends up getting taken out. Pretty early post merge.
0: Because- yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that it's the circumstances. He yeah, it's the best possible circumstances for him to succeed. If his the floor and ceiling are based around whether the how the numbers fall after the merge.
1: Okay. Yeah, but um, I, so I,
0: I, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that could, yeah, usually post like shortly after post merge. But if he gets the right alliance, maybe like final six.
1: I I think he could win it if he gets the right string of things happening. But like I said, doesn't matter. We're yeah. not going to get that chance. Yeah. Your protagonist.
0: It kind of feels like Twyla. Oh, it, like just a lot of this episode is dealing with. Will Twyla flip again? Will she not? Revealing that she was lied to. Where does she go from here? Working through, is, uh, did she make the right call? Did she not make the right call? And that's kind of the only impactful narrative of this episode. Sure. Well,
1: any final thoughts before we end this?
0: I'm so confused by this season.
1: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Get ready. It, o- it only gets more confusing.
0: Oh good!
1: Yay, bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Thank you for hanging out with us. Scheduling notes: this may or may not be the only episode this week, but I think just we can do it. just just a heads up that that is a possibility. Uh, well, like
0: we can we can record hungover on new year's day that
1: is also a possibility things will start to even out here as one we're out of the holidays to my show is closing so we get a little bit more time yeah both those things together kind
0: of fucked us huh it really did yeah what would you like to promote first i'm gonna say uh please rate review we love that yeah algorithms all always of that. send us to your friends we'd send us to your friends send us to your enemies
1: we don't promote ourselves as much and like maybe i could put ads out there but really we like people finding us and we like people talking with us and enjoying us so keep keep spreading the word grassroots baby the gospel of the turning back time yeah the go-
0: <laughs> ah we're starting a cult no um but the actual thing i'm plugging is one piece i started reading one piece oh you started reading one piece i'm 18 chapters out of like 1100 in it's pretty good. It, it I've heard great things. It's great. The the thing that got me in is that there's uh, the shonen jump app is like two ninety nine yeah like a month. That's super cheap. That's and pennies. Yeah, and chapters are pretty short. So yeah, it's like a penny a day or something like that. No, that's not right. It's like ten cents a day. It's the chapters are so short that I can read one in like five to ten minutes. So if I have like time to kill waiting for the train or something like that, like it's better than just idly scrolling Reddit. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what I'm be doing from now on.
1: Nice. Yeah. I, I appreciate manga. I, that's, like you said, that's a more accessible way to do it than yeah. buying a whole bunch of books. Oh, God, no. That you will read once or twice and then they stay on a shelf forever.
0: And they're expensive. They are
1: expensive. Yeah. I'm going to promote on the opposite end of Jared's thing taking forever and my thing taking not very long. I had a few hours last night to just like, okay, I want to... Turn my brain off, do something fun. Let me just scroll the PlayStation Plus game library for a second. I played a PlayStation two game called Parappa the Rappa Two. Oh. And Parappa two Rappa. <laughs> it was cute. Like it's it's a fun rhythm game. It's it certainly is of its age. <laughs> There's only like six levels, so it it did take me like two hours and oh, geez. but I didn't pay anything extra for it. Fair enough. So it was fun. It was cute. It really, what brought me there is like, I keep seeing ads, or not ads, clips of a preview of a game that's coming that is, I think, modeled on it called Magical Melody. Yes. And that looks really fun. Okay. So looking forward to that. Hell yeah. Yeah. For my co host, Jared, this is Steven. For my
0: host, Steven, this is Jared.
1: Goodbye and a happy new year. Thank you
0: for letting us bring in your 2024. If you're listening to the day come out, if you're not, then. Well, you're not. Bye bye! Bye bye!